Welcome to How About Them. When your team has a breakthrough win, we're here to give you a deep dive analysis. We're just as pumped as you are that your team has just won. So let's bask in the glory of the victory. How about them pies? An absolute procession. Ollie, who's your player of the game? This one was a hard one, but I'm giving the player of the game to Jordan Dugowie. Jordan Dugowie looked like Dusty in last night's game. He even had a don't argue in the third quarter, which just completed the look for me. Um, High-level stats, he had that one great goal. 24 touches, two goal assists, 12 score involvements, six clearances, eight inside 50s, and a lot of intercept possessions and pressure. I thought it was a complete game from Jordan Dugowie. One of his goal assists as well, it's worth like three goal assists. It was his hands to Elliot for the check side goal in the first quarter. Yeah. So, so good. His ability to pick up the ball smoothly and get it out to Elliot was great. I also just, my heart goes out to Clark, Jordan Clark, who he, he just kept, Dugowie kept shrugging him <laughs> off all game. Yeah. Clark just couldn't lay a tackle after, he was tackling really well. We watched Clark last week. And uh, just couldn't couldn't stick Jordan. You're right. Yeah. Amazing offensive player. Would you say that Jordan is living rent free in Clark's head from now on? The, yeah, Clark's going to have a few nightmares about him. Yeah, in the next couple of days. And Jordan Dugowie, we all know that Jordan Dugowie is a special talent, and we've always wondered where his best position is. Is he a better midfielder? Is he a better forward? Uh, and now that he's got his uh, fitness up, I think he's an outstanding midfielder. Yeah, he's a, he's awesome, he, and he gets released by some of their great hands in the stoppages. He does. But he can do the grunt work as well. He, yeah, he's a complete player. Well, speaking of released from stoppages and exiting out the back of stoppages, my best on ground was Crisp. I think yeah. Crisp was prolific in this game. Especially early. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was all over it early. He snagged two, uh, and the uncanny ability he has to to exit from the front of congestion and take grass is so good to see and go on. He had two streaming running bounce sequences. One of them was about 70 metres. And the commentators were celebrating Frederick for a great chase and good on Frederick for chasing. But Chris's ability to actually keep that gap there despite having ball in hand. Yeah, he took uh, he took bounces and he kept Frederick at bay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's many players who could do that. Yep, absolutely. And also a shout-out to Crisp's um, intercept work. He he managed to intercept one, which led to a breakaway running sequence. Yeah. But there was a Fremantle handball chain in chaos at one stage that he managed to pluck out of thin air with those long arms of his. Yeah. So Crisp is my guy. Got anything to add on yeah. him? Uh, he also had a really desperate smother on O'Driscoll. Mm-hmm. So the two-way work that he was displaying was unreal. I think... When we're watching the game, uh, two players that we held for their ability to disrupt play, are Luke Hodge and Marcus Bontempelli, and Crisp has that to his game. And like last last year, he won their best and fairest, and you can definitely tell why yep. that this guy, who's played 187 consecutive games, is a special player. It's hard to identify anticipation as a skill. He has great anticipation, doesn't he? Yeah, he's no, he's a he's a super super player. Yeah, love it. Who else was in your best? So I've got a lot of players in my best. The next player that I want to talk about is Darcy Moore. Yep. So I think Darcy Moore, uh, what he he represents a symbol of how good this Collingwood defense is. Mm-hmm. So while he wasn't as prolific as some other players, his ability he completely manhandled Rory Lobb last night. Rory Lobb 
barely did anything, and I think Darcy Moore just gobbled him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy Moore's ability to to impact every play that uh, every time the ball is near him is unreal. But then also when you add another string to his bow is his ability to kick and release Collingwood players is unreal. I would describe some of his kickouts. He had one to Bianco in the middle of the ground where he bit a bit off as uh, juicy or spicy. It's awesome watching him kick out and he goes straight away. So if you're a supporter, you're watching your team go from defending in a one-on-one situation and he'll win it and you're into attack so quickly because of how well he wins the contest and releases. Yeah, and, and he's an irresistible athlete. Do you remember in the third quarter, I think he won a he won a duel and then the ball and then he just kept paddling the ball forward. Yep. And it was along the boundary line and then he released the ball for another Collingwood thrust forward. Yeah. So I thought he was a special player. He was excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had him and him and Howe as a combined best because yeah. I thought as a duo they were so excellent. Howe's hands were his his fingerprints were all over everything early as well. And um, even though Moore had the defense to attack in a big way in this game, Howe's obviously a good user, but his desperation was on show. Yeah, we celebrate Jeremy Howe for his high flying marks, mm-hmm. but his desperation when the ball was on the deck was just as good as his aerial threat. Yeah, they, they they spearheaded an awesome Collingwood backline. How comfortable they look defending inside fifties is a spectacle. To be yeah, honest. yeah, we'll touch on how good their de- defense is later because uh, there's a few different elements to their defense um, and how good they are. So I want to touch on that later. Uh, another player that I have is Nick Dacos. Yep. So in terms of amazing first year players, I think he's the best first year player I've seen since Joel Selwood in two thousand seven. Yep. And Nick Dacos, what he does is his handballs set up him his handballs, him and Pendlebury's handballs set up a lot of Collingwood's thrust forward. Yep. So he had twenty five touches. I think he's been getting twenty five touches every game since he got into the to the league. But he he sets up his handballs just as good as Pendlebury. And Pendlebury, it has a compounding effect, doesn't yeah. it? They you, Pendles gets it in traffic, and you think, ah, oh, poise here, and he'll hand it to Dacos, and you go. Poise here. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what Dacos does as well, after he gives a handball off, he always he runs and streams forward wanting another ball. So he's always going to be able to get a lot of possessions because he works so hard to, to uh, become a player to get repeat possessions. Yep. So I think, uh, so this is a bit off track, but Robert, apparently in every uh, link, Robert Harvey aims to have touched the ball seven times. Uh, which is an unrealistic goal. But I, I see a, a bit of that in Nick Dacos. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And so many of their attacking forays start with an incredible Dacos release handball. or uh, There was even a tackle, you know, the hardness part of it, and, and, and the kicking. So he's excellent. Yeah. Uh, I had, I've actually got pendles as well in this category, but it's great that you mentioned Dacos because I think... It's for very similar reasons. This is such a big part of Collingwood's identity right now is how well they handle the ball and distribute it in traffic and how well the players that they release trust Pendles and Dacos primarily to get them out and get them into attack. Have yeah. you have you got Pendles in your list? Or? Yeah, I, I do have Pendles. Uh, he's Even though he's as old as he is and he's not the fastest player anymore, he still remains so elusive. Yep. And his decision-making is as good as ever. His ability to release his teammates as good as ever. I think it's yeah a big part of 
they're the reason why they're so good at the moment. Has the footy world been looking over him in the last couple of years or um, is he more damaging this year? I would say, I think well, now that Collingwood are you know, in the prelim finals again, we're, again, we're understanding how good this guy is. Yep. Um, it could be due to his basketball background. Did you know that he played basketball? Pendles? It doesn't get talked about yeah, enough. Yeah, it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but because last year they had a down year, so, so and the, you know when when you have a down year, you don't get as much attention. But this year, I think he, his ability to release his teammates is yeah. You forget how good he is. That's right. I, I could be part of the mainstream football public that just hasn't been watching him closely enough because he's been great all this time. But you see how he sets them into offense straight away. Whereas I feel like historically there has been a little bit more in the last couple of years sideways finding a mark, the Frio style methodology of find a mark, find a mark through pressure, whereas they are finding attack through through that, that congestion in their back half and so much of it comes back to him. Yeah. Who else is in your best? Uh, I have Jamie Elliott, the boy wonder. I think mm-hmm. Collingwood is such a better team when he's fit and firing. Yep. I thought he was their most dangerous forward. Yep. Uh, every time Jamie Elliott has a ball forward of 50 or forward of the centre, you know that something good's going to happen so, because he has that magic. He has the ability to create something out of nothing. Yep. Uh, so his two snap goals are really good. You know, the, the hit up to Dugowie and then Dugowie handballs it back to him and then he kicked the goal. And then the other one on other one. With Cox trailing him. Yeah, with Cox trailing him and the snaps on his right. But then he also had that intercept possession. Yep. Do you remember? I think... Frio were looking to switch the ball and they were, someone kicked the ball to Luke Ryan. Yeah, on the back half. On the back half. And then Jordan Dugowie from nowhere. No. Jamie Elliott. Jamie Elliott from nowhere intercepted the ball and then created a, uh, a forward 50 stoppage. Yeah, he locked it in against two Frio doggers. Yeah. And yeah. and he was even um, he was even appealing for holding the ball. Uh, holding the ball. Yeah, so that's a that's a you know a highlight one percenter where you get the big crowd cheering when you yeah. lock it in against two guys with desperation. His pressure was on show from the very start of this game as it well. Was. I think all of Collingwood's pressure was on show from very early. So Zach, how did you see this game play out? There's a lot of layers to how Collingwood play and how they won, but primarily I would say defense to offense quick and aggressive disposal through amazing handball chains and dangerous possessions through the corridor, which they've become known for this year. That's excellent. They've got the way McRae manages to weaponize their clean ball users by hand and foot, like Lipinski, the Dacoses, Pendlebury, and they get release players like Noble, Dugowie. They can they can all interchange to some extent, like Dugowie can be a halfway guy, Lipinski can be a halfway guy that can be part of the release crew as well. But watching them stream through the middle quickly off defensive acts is brilliant. And then they continue to follow up and work together in the chain after that. So there's that component, which I think led to leads to a lot of their offense creating one-on-ones. But at the same time, incredible back line. Yeah. Defensively, they snuffed out Frio. Frio had 50. 14 shots on goal for the game. So it, it looked tough. It looked yeah. tough. I th- the only reason this game was as close as it was was Collingwood had that run of behind. Yep. Uh, but th- this game, Collingwood Collingwood was in control for the majority of the game. What I want to 
discuss with you is the Collingwood's defense. So their defense is based on inter- like great intercept ability, mm-hmm. their ability when the ball's on ground to defend. So there's three different types of defense that I want to talk about. So first of all, their transition defense yep. is unreal. So there was a moment where in the third quarter, uh, Jordan Clark looked quite laconic. Yeah. And what I think happened was he looked up and there was nothing up forward apart from a Collingwood wall. Yep, absolutely. So when you have that, the ability to trans, uh, to defend in transition like that is like it sets up really well. Uh, the, then the other part is their ability to lock the ball in for repeat entries. Yep. So this is a integral. This is how uh, Fremantle play. Fremantle want to have that possession game. They want to have the territory game, and they want to just keep keep, uh, keep repeating. Repeat, having repeat entries. Yep. So I th- think Collingwood are amazing at that as well. And then the third part that I want to talk about is that their ability to defend repeat entries. I, th- okay. I think... The they can only, absorb, can't they? They can absorb. Yep. The only time I remember Fremantle having repeat entries was in the third quarter. Quarter. It seemed like the game was a bit more on even terms. Yep. But then Collingwood's ability to absorb that pressure and then that talk and then release really quickly through a quick Darcy Moore kick. Yep. This means that they'll only have to absorb for a, a short amount of time against a team like Fremantle mm-hmm. and it releases pressure because this is such a rich section, isn't it? Yeah. Is it because their ability to defend their own turnovers is also excellent because yeah. of how much they run in support of each other. So you'll get there was a great passage that I want to bring up where uh, Lipinski, Dacos, and Pendlebury tried to link up on the back line. And it was a bit of a stagnant play. They were trying to create a spark and make something happen. And they went inboard. And on the odd occasion, they botched it. It's qu- This is quite rare to see. I yeah. thought my eyes were deceiving me. <laughs> but what do you know? Collingwood's pressure was there to gobble it up and force a turnover. It culminated in a how desperation act, which was a holding the ball on Schultz. And then off they went. In the blink of an eye, Collingwood were back in attack. Can you imagine what it would be like to play against that? To be basically cause the turnover. You think you're into attack. You're already getting harassed. And then they win the ball off you and they're halfway up the field about to kick a goal. Yeah, it'd be a long day. Uh, The other factors in their win was their pressure was on point early. Yep. And it didn't cease. Yep. Uh, Every time... Every time Fremantle had the ball, that not from like a mark or a free kick, they were just being harassed the whole time. They had to method, um, methodol- methodologically, yes, thank you, <laughs> um, move the ball to uh, to hold off Collingwood pressure, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, the, I think so much of the the exception that proved the rule that highlights Collingwood's game style that was so exciting is actually the Walters goal. Yeah, where. There's so much Collingwood pressure streaming and Frio had to try and handle their way through that chaos. And on this odd occasion, they did manage to do it and Walters managed to keep the goal. Across the length of the game, though, Frio were not capable of navigating that pressure yeah. and they weren't willing to navigate that pressure. So they were more willing to go slow, yeah. which fed the Collingwood transition defence. It, it did. And then the other... The other goal, which I think highlights how good Colling were in this game, was the David Mundy goal from the centre clearance. Yep. So with the 6-6-6, centre clearances are more important than ever. And it, it can lead to easier goals because you only have six defenders. Uh, six defenders. But I can only remember one that goal 
where uh, Fremantle got it from centre clearance. That's right. Haters will say we're talking about Freo goals on a Collingwood pod, but uh, they are the exceptions that have proved the rule in this game. Uh, I'd also like to point out their great running power off off the back line. You mentioned the follow-up runs with Dacos. I noticed it a lot with Quainer as well. Just the the ability to come for a second outlet, that's constant teammate support is excellent. I've I've got another stat to throw at you. I'm not actually going to hit you with a number. I'm going to ask you a trick question. Who are the biggest three possession getters on the game in the entire game across the both both teams across both teams uh, I'll say I'll start with crisp mate already wrong I'll cut you off okay Sarong Brayshaw and Akers they play for the Fremantle Dockers yeah. they were the three highest possession getters on the game yeah uh, and then it was Collingwood players after that what does that tell you? It tells you that Collingwood are built for efficiency. Yeah, I agree. Absolute efficiency. And of those three Fremantle players, the only player who I really noticed to stand out was Blake Akers. Yep, agree, agree. That's And whereas all of these Collingwood players have stood out. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got for game style because more will come up later. Have you got any more? Yeah, I, I just want to reiterate the fitness aspect. Collingwood looked a lot fitter. Than Fremantle, yep. Uh, they they had numbers around the ball a lot more than Fremantle in offense and defense. Yep. And I think uh, one of the reasons why is they have a new strength and conditioning coach, an ex Rabbitohs, Jared Wade. So shout out to Jared Wade for doing a fantastic job with these Collingwood to this Collingwood team. On your Jared. Ollie, who is your young player of the game? I think Nick Dacos. Has to be the young player of the game, one of the players of the game, and it's his first year. And just a special player. Yep, uh, does so much right. Uh, his handballing, his release handballing is amazing. The weight that he gets on his kicking is yep. amazing. He's and how hard he works uh, to get into the links, just amazing. Nick Dacos. Yep, totally agree. Anyone else? Uh, crowd favorite Ginevan. Yep. So he had uh, three goals for the game, including the first. Off the goal, off the ground for a soccer goal. Yep. Amazing. Uh, he did show to Ed Langdon that he's not a one-trick pony because he had a few different types of goals. Yep. Uh, a crumbing goal and a goal from a um, goal from a mark. We love talking about half chances, percentage chances. His crumbing goal, what percentage do you give that for most AFL players? Uh, low percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Five percent, yeah. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> a nice round 7%. Yeah, yeah, in the single digit percentage. Plucked it with his left hand, put it on his left boot, I reckon. Yeah. No, he's a special, special player. And, and what I love about Ginevan is he gets the crowd going. Yeah, he does. He yeah. does. Yeah, I've got, I've got Dacos and Ginevan yeah, as well. You, anyone else? Yeah, uh, Murphy, because I yeah. feel like he deserves a shout out. We've talked about the, the big two Collingwood defenders, but there's more to that back line. Another guy in this category as well. Murphy loves helping off and uh, and helping out his buddy for a, for a nice spoil. Yeah. And what I like about Murphy is that because he's become the player that he has, Collingwood can rotate their defenders. Yep. And so there's not a massive drop-off when, a, when Murphy has to play on a defender as opposed to Moore or Howe. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, he, he's become an integral part of that. Amazing backline, and he's a, yeah still still young, so yeah, 
Murphy's a great call. Can I hit you with a lowbrow comment here as well on footy analysis? He looks just enough like Darcy Moore that if you're an opponent <laughs> kicking towards him, you'd be a bit reluctant. <laughs> uh, who else have you got here? Nah, that, that's me done for the young players. Do you have anyone? Yeah, I'll bring up Quayner. Yeah, thank um, you. I think he grew across the game in this one because the, the follow-up run is what I really like and his disposal speaks for itself. It's he's a beautiful, crisp striker of the ball and, and he's a hard runner. Yeah, no, he's a good player, IQ. Yep, excellent. And just a little shout-out as well to Bianco. He had one gorgeous release handball to Crisp, which led to a goal for the team. And um, you, whenever you watch Crisp streaming out the front of the pack, which he often does, you have to sort of put a magnifying glass on where the hell that came from. And it was a really nice release handball. So it's those little moments that I like to shout out for yeah. young players. Oh, good yeah. on you, mate. Oli, who is the unheralded player of the game? Uh, I've got an extensive list, actually, for the Collingwood boys, but I'm going to shout out McCreary, yeah. the bench press king. Mm-hmm. So this guy never gives up on a play. I think there was a play in the first where he might have got beaten on a, in a one-on-one contest, and, but then his follow-up work mm-hmm. to lay a t- an important tackle which led to a spillage and a thrust forward was amazing. Um, led to a goal, by the way. Yep. He had a really nice release handball to Jordan Dugowie. Yep. And then in the last, this one's a bit, a bit funny, but he had the ball and then Brayshaw was running really hard at him, just shrugged him off like he was nothing. Yes. So, yeah, I, I love McCreary. Would love to be playing for McCreary. Would, be, would hate to play against him. I might sound like a one-eyed pie right now, but it was the best six-possession game I've seen in a long time. For, for a non-key defender, you know what I mean? Like yeah. He did so much in this game. It was so impactful yeah. and made him made his presence felt. Yeah. But on the stat sheet, only had six touches. Yeah. De- that totally doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it does. No. no. Absolutely. Who do you have? Well, Cox. Mason 6'10". Um, if we can call him unheralded, he's obviously very well known, but he's... He never gets outmarked because of his height. He's, he's excellent. He's become such a reliable kick of the footy. Um, really impactful player for them. Yeah, he, he kicks a goal from a non-mark situation as well. That's right. I think Mason Cox would be an advanced stats darling. Yep. So the planes in which he, he, he can mark the ball just can break defences open. Yep. And... As Collingwood are getting better at utilising his strengths, he's just going to go from strength to strength. Yep. Uh, and thought, yeah, him and Cameron did a really good uh, role in the ruck because, again, sort of like the game uh, the night before, Sean Darcy's a very good ruckman. Yep. And I don't think he had a great game at all. Yep. So I think Cameron and Cox were able to neutralise a highly rated ruckman. And Collingwood had this... Uh, Collingwood midfield were on top of the Fremantle midfield all game. Yeah, it was it was a nice complete game from Cox as well because you know he is going to be that target to kick to and he's not going to get out marked, which is so valuable in itself. But in this game, I saw him laying some good tackles, applying pressure himself, and his ground ball disposal wasn't too bad in this game. He um, had a nice inside fifty kick to Ginevan on on a bit of a break and some you know some little link ups, which you know. So it's nice to see him bringing it together for a more complete game. Yeah. Uh, a few other players that I want to shout out is Brody Majek. Yes. Outmarked Alex Pierce a few times. Yep. And Alex Pierce is a very good 
defender, That's a right. very good one-on-one defender. And Brody Brody got the jump on him a few times and kicked some important goals. Yep. Uh, another one. This one's a bit could be a bit funny. WHE William Hoskin Elliott. Yep. Uh, had the zero three, which is quite rare for him. Uh, but he his ability to create space for others has to be applauded. Yes. He's a very selfless player, and he. So a lot of times when Collingwood was straining forward, they had these one-on-ones. Uh, the forwards had one-on-ones. And and I reckon a big reason why is because WHA understands space yep. and, he, and he, leads, he leads in such a way that allows the players like Jamie Elliott to have these one-on-one opportunities. Yep. Which, and so it's just very selfless running from him. And he can often be maligned. Yep. Um, but yeah, I thought, yeah, shout out to WHA. I'd be licking my lips if I was a Collingwood fan because he missed two pretty easy set shots and he's a really good set shot. So he's due. He's due for a couple of nice snags next week. Um, I like attaching moments to players and WHE had a gorgeous release handball to Ash Johnson who went on to hit the post. But it was a beautiful release handball. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Agree with them. Uh, I've got Noble as well. I think Noble's really good skipping out on the break. Just... Bit of a Robin to Crisp, you know, sort of a nice beneficiary. But he's 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 quite quite good with the ball in hand as well in congestion. Clean user. Yeah. Anyone else for you? Uh, he was probably not unheralded. Didn't have a great game, but uh, I love him. Maynard. Oh yeah. Like in terms of um, like statistics and influence, I've seen him have bigger and more bigger games. Mm-hmm. But just such a solid down, uh, solid player down back. Um, Always tackles hard. Always, always pressure. Like his presence is always known when the ball's near his area. Yes, I thought. Yeah, thought. Just want to give it a, a shout out and some love to Maynard. Yep, great. Laid a huge tackle early. He's awesome to watch. Um, and he can go. He's a good example. He can go and do a couple of stoppage rotations if you need to. I saw him in a center clearance at one stage. It goes to show there's a lot of dynamism in the Collingwood um, stoppage br- brigade. Yep. Love to watch it. Yeah, inclu- and you know, last week Taylor Adams. That's right. Was injured, so they've lost one of their premier midfielders, and it, they still beat the Fremantle midfield that has you know some very good players. Yeah, that's great. And Maynard's tackles just stick. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't they? want to be tackled. There's a few Collingwood players who I wouldn't want tackling me: McCreary and Maynard. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Give me your one percenter of the game. There's too many for me to to, um, to have just one favourite one. There's a lot of beautiful intercept possessions from the likes of Elliot, Elliot and Crisp. Some really nice spoils, like Jamie Elliot, And then some really desperate tackles down back from Howe and Jordan Dugowie. Uh And then also, I don't know if this is a 1%er, but Collingwood's willingness to run. Yep. Their willingness to put their body on the line, to run as hard as they can for their teammates, defensively and offensively. A lot of times there's more Collingwood players on the screen than their Fremantle player um, Fremantle opponents. So I don't I can't give you just one. I know this is a, a weak answer by me, but I'm all all everything that Collingwood did. Bit of a cop out. Cop out, yeah. <laughs> because there is one standout that you've already mentioned, I reckon, which is the Jamie Elliott intercept and then lock it in against two players. I think yeah. if you get a standing ovation like he did, 
that's got to be one percent of the game. So sorry to stick the boots in there. Yeah, so I was trying to be, I was trying to be nice, but uh, this is what you get sometimes. I'm, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, that was an awesome play. It really ignites it was, the yeah. crowd. Yeah, I've got a few. You, you, you also mentioned the McCreary um, second effort that yeah. ended up leading to a my check goal on the flank. That's excellent. How was a one percent of machine in this game? It was. Uh, chase down doesn't count as a one percenter because it was a holding the ball tackle in the end, but his chase down on Schultz, which was yeah. arguably a tackle, by the way, but it was a really the desperation it showed. He had a half smother, half intercept in the first quarter as how, so he was really intercepting really well. We've mentioned Crisp's intercepts. So yeah. if I'm being fair to you, it is almost too dense a game. Like that, you can call it Collingwood's whole game. Yeah. Because um, I also I also have pressure in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and their willingness to run and support their mates. Yep, absolutely. Who brought the good vibes? I have a few players. First one I'm going to reel off is another mention for Nick Dacos. Early days, Nick Dacos would run 20, 30 metres just to give his teammates a high five. Yep. I just love that. Yep. And there was another, another player. I think Collingwood conceded a goal and then they were looking at the Collingwood defensive unit and him and Howard shared a high five saying, yeah, we've got this. Yep. So I reckon Nick Dacos brought the good vibes. Yep. Great call. And Collingwood has 15 years of those good vibes ahead of them. Yeah, lucky team. Very That's lucky team. Pretty awesome. I feel like if you're a highly talented player like Nick Dacos does... If you do little things like that, it has a bigger impact yeah. on your teammates. Yeah, I think uh, one of the the proponents of this is uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Yep. Yep. He would just be touching his teammates with high fives and belly rubs and whatnot all game, and it just has such a compounding great effect on the team. Yep. Absolutely. I'm a Miami fan, so you break my heart bringing up Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> that's fine. Ginevan for me. Saluting the crowd after getting a um, high tackle free kick. <laughs> yeah, I th- that, that there's good vibes in that for me. There's just a little bit of um, winking in that, you know, yeah. uh, winking self awareness of getting the free. But the crowd adore him, yes. and he endeared himself to the crowd. And and when he kicks a goal, he always looks to the crowd as well. Yes, and gives him a rev up. Absolutely, and I love love Ginevan. I've also got Cox getting the crowd going um, yeah. after his goal. You know, he waves to the crowd a few times to get him to really ramp up the cheering. Yeah. And he blew a nice little kiss. Yeah. Lovely tenderness. Yeah, Cox brings the great vibes. Absolutely. Always does. Always does. Suzaki, what was your goal of the game? I've got Elliot's goal where he kicked it round his body on his right foot with Cox trailing him. He was running away from goal. It's higher degree of difficulty than it looks because, as I said, his bodily momentum is going away from goal. You have to strike it so pure, which he did, and the ball absolutely sailed through, had no issues with the distance. Yeah. Uh, that's my goal of the game. Yeah, something out of nothing. Absolutely. So my goal of the game was actually his other one of his other goals where yep. he was streaming down the centre and then he hit up, he hit Jordan Dugowie with an absolute bullet yep. and... Jordan couldn't mark it, but he got the follow-up and handballed it back to to Elliot, who hadn't given up on the play. And then he just did this really nice, neat snap on his left. Mm-hmm. And I was so he snapped on his left and his right. Just shows how good the boy wonder is. Yeah, it was very one touch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, they were my favourite too. His two goals. Yeah, there are a lot of Collingwood sequential goals, you know, where it starts 
at the in the back line. Yeah. I, there's another one that I wanted to mention, which is Darcy Moore um, winning a contested mark in his defensive goal square, immediately playing on and releasing the ball by foot, and it ended up in a Dugowie goal. Now, the Dugowie goal was just a um, taking advantage after a free kick, which was a sort of long-range check side. But yep. the fact that Darcy Moore is going from winning a contested mark in his defensive goal square to into attack just like that, I wanted to shout that out. And Collingwood's goals very often start stylistically, you know, in the back line, at yeah. the start of the sequence. Yeah. And another goal that I really liked was uh, in the fourth quarter, Cox's goal in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The play before that was Brody outmarking Pierce. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Just shout out to Brody for outmarking Pierce. So good. What does this mean, Ollie? Well, I think Collingwood go into next week's game against Sydney full of confidence. They were epic last week against a very strong Geelong team, and this game showed why they're you know in a, in that class of that top four. Four, and I think they're going to go into the next week's game full of confidence. Sydney are quite a different team from Fremantle. You know, Sydney have a really good forward line as a forward line. So it'll be interesting to see how the Collingwood defence hold up against the likes of Buddy Franklin and Tom Papley. That prelim final, in my opinion, it's the game I'm most looking forward to that I can remember for a very long time in football because I think it's what football has evolved to. Both these teams are so good at navigating traffic with really clean disposal, so many great decision makers on each team, but not a lack of hardness on either team. And great defence from either team. So it is going yeah. to take brilliant football to win in that game. Yes, I, th- I think so. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. Yep. I think, you know, Sydney are going to go in favourites, but I think Collingwood are the most clutch team in history. And a lot of times their games are really close and they get over the line. So I think Collingwood are going to have – it's going to be a very close game and I think Collingwood are going to show us why they're the most clutch team in history. Yeah, and I do think Moore's a good matchup for the Badois as well. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, my, what this means for me is Collingwood are the most watchable team in the AFL. They're imminently watchable, and it's because they do not waste the ball. They're so they're so damn good to watch because they're trying to win the game at all times. Yep. Yep, and it only looks, quote-unquote, boring when they've got the game iced and, you know, like they did in the last quarter of this when they're willing to save a few petrol tickets and kick it sideways for a bit, but... They're trying to win the game from the start. Yeah. No, they're a very fun team to watch. And then they can just adapt their game to the situation so well as, as well. They're not just a plan A team. They have A, B, C. Yep, that's right. And they look exhausting to defend because they're always at you. And so fit. Yeah, frightening proposition. Yeah, they are. So Collingwood fans, we'll speak to you next next week if you get a win. So we hope to speak to you then. We're so excited about the pies. Let's savour this moment just for another second. Cheers.